Welcome to For Your Viewings podcast, where we cover everything from the mundane to insane. Welcome to For Your Viewings official podcast, uh, episode two of Down the Rabbit Hole. Uh, this is the first time we're posting it on YouTube because we both have our cameras finally working. Uh, here we have with me Freebolt, and I am your host, Kidrill. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be, what are we going to discuss tonight? Spiritual paths. Spiritual paths. All right. Where should we kick this off with? Well, we were discussing earlier before we came into this episode. Uh, guardians was was a term that not a lot of people hear, and and what it possibly can mean in the spiritual community. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I've actually never never heard that term guardians used before before tonight actually but uh where does that uh where does that come from what path does that come from or culture i never have really seen it overall in a culture but when you look into some of the native american things you have protectors or protectorship you know you look at your 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 main rung you have your warriors which are all protectors and so on and so forth so it's 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 more of a term that i started to adopt but you see it in in cultures you always have a view of good and evil protectors warriors and it's one of the things that i slowly started to adapt myself as as, as a guardianship and and the general meaning i mean as, as a guardian in a spiritual path you, you have the ability or or the means of of self that you you rise above um, humanity in a sense like you don't judge purely because you can you look past all your pre preconceived notions uh, you just see things at a higher plane than the rest of everyone else sure yeah is basically it, is... out of the box thinking you don't put anybody in a box you don't put anybody in a certain construct within one's uh, self-perceived mind that society has made you uh, look at that in that certain light which society unfortunately has its way of doing that compartmentalizing i think is a, a good term to use everything's got to yeah. fit in its nifty little little place its little caste system yeah and, and it always kind of been that way i mean from medieval times even to now we still separate ourselves in, in middle class poverty level and so on yeah, that's true. I wish we wouldn't, but uh, here we are still doing that. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Um, another little aspect about a guardian type thing. So, like, you fill that role of protector. You, you, you give people hope. You, you renew their faith in humanity. You're, you're always attracting people to you without trying to like you sit down in a bar and you're trying to have a good time the next thing you got joe schmo sitting next to you and all of a sudden he's spilling his deepest darkest secrets that he wouldn't even tell his pet therapist and here you are working through it and because you're not just going to get up and walk away you sit there and you listen to it and you give the best advice you possibly can but it's at the same time you're also a little bit separated from yourself because it just it, there's a lot of natural fluidity to it with everything you say it's just words come to you 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 make sense with everything you say and it, it 
people tell me that all the time when when I sit down and I'm talking to them that why is it always that you say exactly what I need to hear the way I need to hear it like mm-hmm. every time it just nobody can do that every time <clears throat> and it's I don't know it just happens <laughs> yeah 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 it's the exact same thing with me like we were discussing earlier um yeah I don't know what it is I don't know how we do it it's just whenever we're talking to somebody it's almost like we have just this link to that person and we just know what to say so they understand it in some kind of concept or um, metaphor that they can understand easier than just trying to describe it or explain it in their own way and somehow they always get it. Well, on top of that, even if you have no understanding of the metaphor you're using it's still a metaphor you end up using like yeah where'd that come out of i just pulled that out of nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i uh, i'm still here and i'm still paying attention i'm uh making our screen a little bit more pretty as we're doing this here i'm putting our logos on it <laughs> oh that's what you're doing here you're yep multitasking i am multitasking yes i got our four-year viewing listening edition and cross thumbs production on here now so there we go yeah there we branding go. 101 all right all right cool cool but yeah. as we look through <laughs> yay as you look through though like um you have the, the many different paths you got you know paths of necromancy you got your psychics you got all these different categories of paths you got your left-handed paths you got your right-handed paths you have your different religious practices which are different paths voodoo hoodoo native american i mean the list is is essentially endless it really is, yeah. <clears throat> and it's really interesting when you really dive into all the different paths and where they started from. And, I mean, you could go down the list uh, really, really far back, but it's mostly hedge witching at that point when you go over to Europe and you start looking into it because they didn't want to keep a written written documentation of their existence, their path, because if they were caught with it, then they would be automatically, you know, ooh, witch, burn her, burn them, whatever. So it became passed down via word and verbal passing on, which is a hedge witching. So, Another good example of that throughout time is uh, the druidic practice. Oh, uh, yeah. Anything, ad- anything before 1750 is just gone it doesn't exist it was all word of mouth and 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 people within the practice and it just one day it disappears and mm-hmm. then anything druidic in nature is um yeah. after like the 1850s you start to see it cropping back again but it's all this we don't know exactly what we're doing but we're druidic <laughs> we follow nature <laughs> yeah but we don't know we don't know what our our ancestors in that aspect did beforehand did they do ritual sacrifices did they do this did they do it's 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 very spotty to find any true information based on the druidic heritage yeah and one thing that like i've i've set out and i've tried to learn and uh, like learn as much as i possibly could about every single uh path and tradition that there was out there and Oops, I'm moving the whole screen where I don't want to move it. And um, it's really difficult when you look in uh, certain traditions or, you know what I mean? Like, it's really difficult because they don't have 
easy access and in, into a lot of different informational hubs as far as what you can learn. A lot of people just say, well, get books, but there's not really a book that'll tell you everything that you want to know about the Druids. So you have to find somebody that's in the, the OBDO or o, what is it? OBOD, right? The OBOD? Obod? I have no clue what anyone calls it. Uh, I, I'm self, self-practicing, self self-taught. It's so. um, basically, uh, I'm, I'm totally going and reaching in my catacomic like... brain here, but it's like Ovat, Bard, something or another. It's, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to look that up. I'll look that up right now here so I don't actually totally just destroy this. <laughs> Sounds Druid like Obod. you need to be accredited at this point. It, it, it is Obod. It's just, I don't remember what it stands for. Order of Bards, Ovats, and Druids. Uh... Druids, yeah. So it's basically this um, thing that you have to be a part of and you have to buy a membership to just to learn about it like when i was trying to learn about the druidic order i found myself far and few between and i found myself between a hard and a rock uh, a rock and a hard place because i had to purchase a membership with the obod in order to learn about the obod and i was like well to me personally all of this information should be freely given so people can make up their own minds about it not um you know why would you is, is this that's no different than a church at this point but you know a church everybody has been told about it and proselytized about it not um join this this secret order by paying us money so we can teach you about it you know what i mean it's almost like um a cult at that point but don't take me in any way different here I, i'm not saying that druids are a cult don't don't take that away from this it's not what i'm saying at all at, at all i don't want people to be like oh my god she called druids a cult that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that it's really hard to learn anything about the druidic order without having to buy it's a membership or it's, it's, finding it's, somebody in the Obod, which I found the people that are like, yeah, I'm a druid, um, join the Obod. So if you want to learn about it, they, they're just basically set up to say, join the Obod so you can learn about it. <laughs> it's like, this is not what I want to do here. You know, I, I would like to look into it a little bit to see if this is the way I want to go, not buy a whole membership just to see if I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's definitely draws a lot of lines in how you have to go about things like um, and then nowadays too, everyone gets really hung up on religious, the cultural aspects of it and appropriating and all that stuff. But like uh, closed practices are, are turning into a big, 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 big thing um, like voodoo, hoodoo, all those you have oh, to like yeah. know somebody in them. You have to. I mean, it's it's just insane. I I got to learn a little bit myself um, when I was in the service. I knew some people that actually practiced a little bit of, of, of these different types. Um, however, no, they didn't claim they did. You know, it, it took a while to, to gain that type of confidence with, with certain people where they were like, I, I, I will share some of this with you. Right. Um, always intriguing, uh, unique. Uh, one of the biggest things is uh, the the biggest thing I ever took away, and I always found it fascinating, was um, with with voodoo. There's a, a, a crushed red brick is is one way they do it. Yep. And if you crush red brick and you throw it in your doorway, on on your thresholds, it it protects. 
people from coming in that mean you harm. And that was one of the things I buy. I, it was one of the most intriguing things that I ever learned of it. Um, uh, sometimes in voodoo, there's there's a animal sacrifice in that too. I, I've seen call for that on, on a few occasions. Um, but you have to look at at, at the big picture, big picture of the of the whole uh, ritual aspect of some of these things too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stigma when it comes to you know somebody says sacrifice. And it's automatic. Oh no, sacrifice! That's bad. And it, mm-hmm. there, there's a. Oh, it's very hard to explain. It's just there's more to it than the sacrifice itself. Whether it's you can sacrifice memories, you can sacrifice feelings, you can sacrifice so many other things in place of of animal sacrifice or that. And it's unique because of this this grander scheme of things. There's a there's a very big respect between the practitioner and what they're using or what they're going through or, or whatever the sacrifice may be. There is a huge amount of respect. Right. And that's something a lot of people don't see. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, um, I don't know. Speaking as from. Uh, the aspect of like I, I started my journey searching for a spiritual path at the young ripe old age of 12 when I was kicked out of my church there's a kitten that just quadded the crap out of me <laughs> hello kitten um, I was kicked out because I asked questions that the priest didn't like me asking and I thought they were just really simple questions you know like why must we go to a building once a week to worship when you are telling us that in order to worship or feel God that you know he's everywhere he is in everything at all times so why do we have to go here and he didn't like that so he kicked me out so I started searching way back when and I became mostly uh, I guess a theologist I dove into every single path tradition spiritual uh, path that I could find and I eventually settled on Whedon, which is the Celtic, um, the Celtic path, uh, which is more so focused around, I guess you would say, white magic. And that's when I dove into it really hardcore. And um, I found myself, um, I, I'm not even sure, you know, how in the heck I found her or how we found each other. But Lady Valley, she she used to be a pagan leader in the Fox Valley. And she kind of took me under her wing and she taught me a lot about everything, about the, the different paths and what it meant to her and what it meant to other people. And um, I started noticing that it wasn't so much white magic, dark magic, black magic, whatever you want to call it. It's it's gray magic. Every magic has gray magic. It's, it's very balanced. There's no one way to... You know, I mean, there is black magic, there is white magic, but most magic is gray magic. And I, I, I went through so many paths. I, I started with Whedon, I went to Wiccan, then I found Alexandrian and Gardnerian. And that's when I understood that um, Raymond Buckland is the one who brought it over from England, from Gerald Gardner, who was a hedge witch basically who it was just passed down through tradition to him and then he gave it to Raymond Buckland and Raymond Buckland brought it over here in the 60s and basically made it a college course to teach everybody and that's what became New Age Wicca 
And then you just keep searching. And then there's, you know, Aleister Crowley with the Tholemic tradition and um, the Golden Dawn aspect of it. And then you, uh, you know, and then if you really want to get down to it, Satanism even kind of falls into the aspect of a spiritual path because, but that's more like the true, the true history of Satanism is it was formed by Anton LaVey to basically mock Christianity. So, I mean, that yep. that's not too much paganism at this point, but it has morphed into a pagan path. Um, so there's different branches of it nowadays, whereas back when it was first originated, it wasn't. But, I mean, there's so, so many paths out there that for people who are searching, I, I could see it being very confusing. And when people yeah. aren't openly... Um, forth giving with knowledge and information it can be extremely confusing and overwhelming very very good term yes very overwhelming in 2009 four years already after I had started my coven um, which most of us just well I shouldn't say most of us but most of the congregation following that was in the coven followed more of the generalized Wiccan format. And then in 2009, I decided I wanted to branch out and turn it into more of an organization. And thus, Spirit Circle Community was born. And I wanted to focus on being eclectic mostly so we could be inviting of many different paths from, you know, different walks of life. And we actually had a lot of Catholic people come to our sabbats and high days um because they were looking for something different and unique and found us on the internet and it meant if that wasn't a weird thing having catholics at a sabbat <laughs> i i mean i i'm kind of a unique enigma to my myself like i follow christianity i, I follow you know a wiccan druidic um I'm kind of a, a collage, uh, a little bit of Buddhism in there too. I, I, I kind of branched into multiple. And one of the biggest questions I always get asked is, how can you be a Christian and practice Wiccan right. at the same time? Because like the Bible, oh my God, magic is bad. You can't do magic. Magic is evil. And when you really look at the stories within the, the Bible themselves, whether it's God endows you with power to do the things you do or you know miracles is another term you could use as as a replacement for magic uh, in, in in itself and the main thing about christianity that i have always followed is you have your ten commandments those those are kind of your your paramount Yeep. scripture that that you really need to pay attention to as far as I am aware, um, because you know that's that's like your your rules, your laws, so to speak, and and mm-hmm. that's what I take away from Christianity is is your Ten Commandments, and then as far as as the Wiccan Druidic path, you know I hunt, I fish, I, I I like to spend my time in nature. Every time I'm in nature, it's it's a spiritual um, journey. Every time uh, hunting, I'll sit eight hours a day, sitting in a hunting stand out in the woods by myself, just communing with nature so to speak watching listening um everywhere you go if you pay attention nature will always give you an answer 
Always. Yeah. I don't know why this thing keeps going so dark. I have every light, like, making it a sun in here. There are, like, 3,000 suns in here right now, and it's still showing up dark. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Uh, whatever. Um, speaking of the Christian uh, aspect of it, have you heard of a person called Diane Paxton? She actually wrote a book about Christian paganism, and she takes aspects from both of it. And her biggest thing was... Um, the comparison that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is this is nothing more than the masculine version of the Mother Maiden and Crone. So mm -hmm. she she combines it and creates this whole new path for Christians to be pagan because her point of view is it's it's okay to blend faiths because a faith is nothing more than just something to get you through your hard times and if you're more uh, apt to believing in the Christian path then you know um, like people who have been Christian their whole lives basically um, but yet they, they've always seemed like they want something a bit more because they're not quite sure what's out there so instead of being agnostic she offers this option instead. Have you ever heard about that book or that path? I haven't specifically heard about the path itself. I have heard of the, the, the comparison that you brought up um, once or twice. I've, I've seen it in passing and uh, I never never put two and two together because I've, I've only seen the comparison. I didn't know what it referred to specifically. I got you. Yeah, it's... Um... It's really unique, I think, and it's a it's a refreshing look. And some might say it's blasphemous, but honestly, it's a refreshing look, I think, into spirituality in itself as a whole, that you don't need to just do one thing in order to be spiritual, that you can combine multiple paths and be eclectic because being an eclectic pagan is nothing new to the pagan community, but when you talk about being eclectic in terms of a monotheistic and polytheistic version and viewpoint, I mean, that's, that's basically breaking the paradigm. You know, it's shifting the paradigm so hard that people can't understand it or they, they, um, they're against it because it's so different, because it's blasphemy. I, I, I very well can, can see that, uh, how that, that interferes, how it works. Um, for me, like I, I follow all the, the pantheons, you know, every, whether there's one well, this grand scheme of, of how this all works, you know, is there one God and all these are lesser gods or whatever the case may be? I, I have no clue. However, I, I follow all the different pantheons simply because when you look at it, there's a lot of uh, overlap between different gods of different uh, uh, pantheons. Dif different pantheons, yeah. There's there's a lot of overlap between different ones, and and a lot <sighs> of them kind of seem the same. There's a cattail. Yeah, there's cats everywhere in here now. <laughs> Suddenly, they're everywhere. Uh, and and with that, you know, it broadens your horizon and it makes you more acceptable and agreeable to to understand other people's journeys um, instead of just yeah. di dismissing them outright yeah 
trying to deal with my cat here. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh my god, this cat. He's stepping on my trying keyboard. Trying to say hide, saying hi to everyone without yeah. saying hi. Oh, there you go, right to the mic. He wants to go back outside, but it's, you know, two in the morning and I'm not letting him outside, but he's whining. This is him saying, pay attention to me. I want to go outside. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, there's so many different things and so many different aspects that people can take from and look from. And another one, too, is... Um, just the spiritual path in itself not necessarily being a, a pagan pantheon of any sort you know what i mean like they don't follow the greek or they don't follow uh, gardnerian alexandrian wiccan they are just spiritual because spirituality in itself is something that is becoming more precedent or not precedent i shouldn't say is becoming more pronounced in the world uh, there's a lot of people following Buddhism and kill the bug and all that in the world too, but they're not even being, they're not even following per se a path. They're just spiritual and they're not, they're basically living their life as a spiritual conduit rather than just claiming to follow something. And I think that's a pretty cool thing too. What do you think about, uh, what do you think about that? I look at spiritualism in itself as a path of self-betterment strictly because you believe in many different things as, as, as just spiritual, but the aspect you take is you're the most spiritual embodiment that you can be because it's yourself, your spirit, right. and then you promote self growth and so on through that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the way I've kind of seen it. Um, I haven't seen too much any other way. I've seen some people, you know, try and delve in as spiritual, delve into different paths, and they always come back to their, their center, which is just, I'm spiritual. Yeah. I believe in all this stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have a bearing on me, you know, type, type mentality. I think everybody has their basis, like their base core of what they follow and what they believe in. And like when I, when people ask me what I follow, I tell them that I'm eclectic with Nordic roots because everything like that I mostly focus on is Asatru and I'm a Volva. I've been practicing, uh, I've been practicing Volvo for years now, and I, um, I like using Goldorf, which is, um, uh, Norse shamanic, uh, magic based with sounds. So we use sounds in order to do magic. Um, and I, I've always been called to the Norse pantheon, however, I didn't know where to begin because as I've found out, <laughs> it's uh, the nickname of the Asatru path is uh, the religion of homework or the path of homework. It's because it, it's so deep. There's so much to learn about and it's such a different mindset from any other path out there that you basically have to learn a whole new path and it's something completely different. Granted, yes, it's still pagan because we still have 
um, multiple deities, but there's so much more homework involved because it's stories, lots of stories. The stories are what make it what it is, like the Eddas. The Eddas tell us everything about the lives of our deities rather than you have a different pantheon that's just, yeah, we know about this deity because... Um, this is, you know, just some quick information throughout history. That's all we know. Uh, but ours is literal stories, stories of everything. And it's so intensive. <laughs> it's so intensive. But then later I found out why I felt like I was always drawn to it. And no, it's not because the TV show Vikings or because Vikings are awesome. You know, it's, I, I did, um, I uh, got my entire genome sequenced mostly for medical reasons. Well, 100% for medical reasons because doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with me. And I was tired of them dicking the dog, so to speak, for four years, even though I had basically deduced what I to what I had and brought it up to them and they still shot me down. So I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. This is how I'm going to find out what's wrong with me. I got my entire genome sequenced. And then after that was done and over with and I got my medical diagnosis and everything, I was like, screw it. Let's see what my heritage is because my father was adopted with closed records. I know nothing about his side of the family at all. I dove into my mother's side of the family and it could be traced all the way back to 700 AD to the Curonian Vikings, which is amazing. But my, my, my genes tell me that I'm Icelandic, Norwegian, Finnish, Dutch, and Irish. And I was like, well, that might explain maybe a little bit why I've always been drawn to the Nordic path, because that's basically what my whole family history is. <laughs> one way to go about it. One way to go about it. Yeah. From a, a genetic profiling standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like... all, it all has... It all has bearing. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to be that person that's like, you know, because 2009 is when I first started diving into, like, I have I was like, okay, I've always been interested in the Nordic path, but I didn't know where to begin because there's so much information. Like I said, it's learning a whole different construct of religion, basically. La layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah. For generations upon generations. Yeah, and you just don't know where to start. So I started and I got almost nowhere. You know, I just kept learning a few things and I, you know, I had nobody to help guide me through it. I didn't know anybody else in the Norse um, pantheon traditions, the, the northern traditions. Um so I, I was all on my own, so I basically just started looking up the the mythology of it, and I've got, I don't know how many books of mythology regarding Nordic mythology, and that only takes you so far surface deep. You know, basically, if you were just to get a mythology book or watch Hercules, the Disney movie, or, you know, Hercules with... Um, uh, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo, exactly. Like, that's all don't, it teaches you, you know? It's just... Don't forget Xena. Oh, I know Lucy Lawless. Mwah. Kevin Sorbo is an amazing guy. He's great. Like I love his um, movies. <laughs> I I wonder. I I really do wonder if he makes them B-rate on purpose or if it's just literally giving it all he's got. But anyway, you know. 
I digress. I digress. Yes, <laughs> yes, see? Um, um, it's basically the same thing as like going back and looking at those. It's all surface deep. And then it wasn't until 2013, the fall of 2013 in autumn, um, after I started going through my uh, separation with my ex-husband that I really started digging really deep and I found somebody to help guide me and I was like really diving deep into it as much as I could on my own. And then I found somebody that was like, oh yeah. This is uh this is what we're gonna do because um far you know I'm just going through a separation I'm young I'm in a band a rock band what am I gonna do I'm gonna drink and while I'm researching and drinking I'm going to associate my life with the Nordic god of mead and drinking which was Agir <laughs> who had a mile long pot of mead and um when i brought it up to uh, my friend wade who owns deeply ridded out in uh, athens past wasa he was like we were just chatting he's like so who do you, who do you um look at for er as your patron deity and i'm like agir and he was like okay that's interesting you know no <laughs> he judged me <laughs> and i felt his judgment and I was like, well, you know, right now I do anyway. But it grew from there. And it uh, slowly but surely I started opening the doors to more, more deeper avenues of research. And it was thanks to that uh, embarrassment <laughs> that day. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. For for me, I my basis is, is a a lot different from that uh my basic roots into um the whole community of different paths and everything um it all it all started off with meditation for me i mean i was kind of empathic as a kid and that that's really what sent me because i started realizing i have all these extra emotions that i don't understand to begin with because mm. i got a little bit of asperger's on top of that uh, very high functioning i fit into society just fine i just don't understand everything about society like it confuses me context does anybody context. really though understand wow, society a lot, <laughs> a lot a lot more than me like i took um i got out of the service and i took one of them stupid tests to, to get a job at like tgif mm -hmm. and they're like uh you didn't answer these right. Like, what do you mean I didn't answer these questions right? Right. And they're like, well, we need you to explain some of your answers. Okay. And I mean, it was like different work environment scenarios. And I'm like, you don't have enough information here <laughs> for me to like give you an honest answer. And on top of that, your honest answers are crap. <laughs> like, I don't want to pick one of them because they're not right to me. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm going to solve this issue. No, I'm not going to solve this issue. I'm going to go get a manager he can solve this issue like that's the best choice but you don't got it here so why why even give me these options if you ain't going to give me some common sense options you know gotcha. like something that and it just i can't pick a best scenario in that type of event like my scenario is different than what they want me to pick from whatever but meditation was my big break into it and from meditation there was a tai chi was a, was another thing that i started to follow a lot of tai chi the whole not so much the the um, martial arts aspect of it, which I, I know a little bit of, of Tai Chi martial arts. It's a very unique way of, of practicing. But the energy work of Tai Chi brought me into more meditation, Reiki, um, using 
energy naturally in a natural way your mind controls so much more than we we actually understand i mean look at neurologists even they say we barely understand 10 percent of the mind like it's it's a black hole of of information we have yet to figure out Mm -hmm. and and that's the way i went through it i mean like i said i'm eclectic too in that sense because i will crossover and uh, over the years I've, I've helped many pagans wiccans druids um, you name it at some point i've helped somebody i've helped christians deal with with all sorts of issues and it's it's unique a unique view because i i allow myself to look into and know a little bit of all these different things that i'm able to help others through different things yeah, no, I get that exactly. That's the same thing with me. Only I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, start with meditation. That came way later. I had a a problem with meditation in my early years because my life was so chaotic. I tried to escape my life in other ways, not drugs. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying like I would completely just rebel against society and I would do things that could have probably got me in big trouble but I did them because one peers two because I didn't really give a shit three because uh, this is what I want to do so I'm going to do it you know like nothing really held me back as far as what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go I mean I I traveled to Pennsylvania when I was only God, how old was I? 14, I think I was. 13 or 14, something like that. I traveled all by myself. I just... Pretty big trip. Met a dude on the internet, and I asked my mom, and she's like, sure. You know, that's basically just... My home life was utter garbage. Just that... If you're under under the age of 18, don't travel to Pennsylvania with some random guy on the internet well i didn't go with i went there to i went to pennsylvania to meet said guy on the internet like uh i i mean like i i talked to to him for seven months i think about seven months it was a really long time so like i got to know him i got to know his entire family i talked to his mom his dad his grandparents all that shit it was that you know that changes things a little bit a little bit until i tell you (laughs) i met a dude on yahoo messenger in a chat room and um he came and picked me up one day and i just hung out with him for the weekend he gave me a guitar and he dropped me off that like i just needed to get out of my home because it was so horrible i got beat it was disgusting it was like the worst episode of hoarders that you had ever seen and then some like dead cats in the freezer check dead cats in the bathroom check didn't have a litter box let him go wherever check old senile woman that smelt nothing like you know i mean she was covered in her own urea because nobody took care of her check our floor was corkboard <laughs> it was an old boxcar home i mean it was absolutely horrible i i was not taken care of as as a teenager or a preteen and um I just sought any way out that I possibly could, which is probably why I got married at 16, honestly. It's probably definitely a huge factor in that. But um, when um, when I found out, back to the actual topic, when I found out that I was empathic, I was uh, 14 years old, and um, I had found a mentor 
that was guiding me after Lady Valley, that was guiding me through, uh, I believe his path was Whedonism mostly, but it was focused more around Wiccan. So uh, he was guiding me through a lot of things, and uh, he asked me one night if uh, I was willing to help him in a, a ritual to basically destroy a Ouija board that had some bad energy in it that was used for things that shouldn't have been used for. They used it improperly, contacted some evil shit, and we did a ritual where we... I'll draw it out so I'm able to... Uh, describe this properly because if I describe it I'm probably gonna slaughter it here so we cast two circles okay two circles inner circle out of a circle we had it was like this ah balance circles yeah and in the middle here and right here is where we had the Ouija board Oracle not the board but the Oracle itself because the or mm. Oracle is what we decided had the most that that is what had the badness in it. So, I we, would be the the planchette is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, that we decided to put in the middle, and that was going to be the balance point, so um, we could contain it properly and send whatever was in that or stuck in that or using that as a gateway back to wherever it came from to just get rid of it. And I was the one in the middle. And I had a sword. I still have this sword, but now it has a different handle because it shattered during this moment. I took I took the sword like this and I shoved it down into the planchette and shattered it. And when the planchette shattered, the handle shattered. It was just like a, you know the hard plastic handle. But some, some power some power in that is is, is yeah. What you're saying. So there I was, there was some definite. Uh... Exactly. Yeah. I shattered the planchette. I, it shattered the handle. And right then and there, I was overwhelmed by all of the emotion that was yeah. ever put through that planchette. And it was so intense that I just dropped to the ground and I started crying because I felt so emotional and I had no idea why. And at that point, right then and there is like when it just boom, just exploded, and suddenly I was like this hardcore empath. Before leading up to it, I was very intuitive, and I had like slight empathic abilities as far as sensing other people's emotions, but I never understood it, and it wasn't this severe until that point when it was just, it blew up in my face, and I had so much emotions, and that started me on my journey through the empathic well, the empathic journey of learning what it was, learning how to control it, learning how to use it to my benefit, other people's benefit, yada, 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 yada. Open the floodgates, so to speak. That it did. It was literally like um, if you have a small electrical current running through a very small wire and then you take, take an outside piece of metal and you touch it to that electrical wire and then you short it out by touching another piece of metal somewhere and it just yep. phew, it just sparked like crazy it just blew up in my yep. face and suddenly it was it was just boo holy fucking shit i can't handle any of this what is going on <laughs> it was the most I, intense thing ever <laughs> similar experience later on in my life i mean like i said i was i was uh minorly well 
empathic in general. I mean, I could sense feelings. I could sense, you know, the emotion of others. Um, and then one day, and this happened within the last three years, uh, I was just sleeping, woke up at like 5 a.m., woke up, sat straight up out of a dead sleep. And I was sitting there for like 30 seconds and I was still kind of groggy. And the next thing I know, it was like I got hit sitting there. Like I got hit by a bus. It felt like I was thrown out of my own body for Oof. for a split second. It happened so fast. And then, you know, everything stopped swimming after about 30 seconds. And I, I came to. And then after that, it was like... Um, I had uh, three or four roommates in the house at the time and it came to a point when I was like, what's going on? Like I would sense people in the house before they got home. Like uh, the one roommate would come home and always be hungry, always be hungry. I'd be full. The next thing you know, my stomach's like trying to growl or at least that's <laughs> what it feels like to me. And I'm like, why am I, I just ate, I ate like friggin' three pounds of food and I'm so oh, every time she come you need to eat something because I can't do it. <laughs> I feel. And, and, and it's gone to the point now, like even focusing on, on specific person or whatever to, to, to a point where I can even pull memories uh, from people and be Whoa. like, what, what's going, what's going on with this? Like, memories. why are you sad about, why are you sad about this, this cloth, you know, type, just pull out specific instances like uh, from, from memories. I can't, do it at random or anything. I mean, it takes some focus. It takes a little bit to, to do something like that, but it's, it's unique because it's, it, it, it always leads to somebody not realizing something about themselves is, is more or less the, the, what happens with it. Um, it's, it sounds more like, um, an underlying psychic ability that is brought out through your empathic abilities. Because that doesn't seem like it would be related to the empathic property of it, more so an underlying psychic ability in order to, you know, reach into a memory. The way I've learned, like I said, I started off as empathic with meditation. Then I learned this whole concept of connecting to others, you know, that I can physically remotely connect. I mean, you yourself, Kidrill, have, have experienced with, with pain management, I've done it. And then that was the thing. I started realizing I can help people with, with headaches, with pain, mm -hmm. with uh, anxiety, with ADHD. I can help deal with their issues to some extent to, to steady them. Uh, I, I could do a little bit with helping people sleep even, you know, helping them when, they're, when they're, they can't go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. Well, here, try this. Um, I did it to a bartender once where, where I helped her stay awake because she was falling asleep sitting at the bar and she had to drive 45 minutes to get home. And I, as soon as she got home, she said, I got home. Soon as I opened my door, I passed out almost before I could hit the couch. Wow. Like, like she's like, but I was wide awake the whole ride home. And then, like I said, I told you, as soon as you walk through that door, you're going to crash and you're going to crash hard. Um, and then yeah. with that, because of that aspect and the way I went about it, you know, I picked up on emotions when you connect too, and that started to lead into this whole, I can delve deeper if, if need be, and it's slowly evolved. So whether it's psychic, whether it's because of empathic, it all started off because of empathic. So I look at it as a progression of my empathic ability. I can see that, yeah. My um, the well, if we look at it as that, the progression of my empathic abilities, um, started with obviously just the feeling of other people's emotions, and um, from there on, it um, 
I noticed I could, I started to see people's futures, but not like see it through, like I couldn't see images. I just, it came to me as just, I knew what the future would be like for them. But like, for example, um, when I was down in my kindred down in Appleton before I had left, um, I was the vulva, I was the seethe, I was the seer of the group. And people would ask me questions about the future and I would just concentrate on it for a short, brief period. Not not even like completely just, I need to concentrate. It, it just was like, okay, I just started thinking about that and only only that. And then I could, I, it just came to me. I just knew what the answer was. And I mean... I'm not just saying, like, who's going to win the Super Bowl kind of thing. I had a member ask me about his mother. She she had kidney failure, and it wasn't looking good, and they were waiting to hear from the doctor uh, on if it would be a good answer or a bad answer, you know. And um, I just, he asked me, will she be here for Christmas? And right away, I just felt like, yes, she will still be here. And she's going to get good news as far as the kidney treatments and the dialysis and all that. She's going to get good news and she's going to be here for a lot longer than you think she's going to be. And it it just came to be. It, It came to be that way. And it's not like I you know, had to focus too much. It's just the natural progression to where I got that whenever anybody asked me something specific like that, I could give them an answer. And it always came to pass. It never was wrong. And it it wasn't even off a little bit. It was just like direct. This is what it what it's going to be. And then that's what it was. And um, it was just I, I was just like, Oh, that's cool. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I I, hel- I helped it along a little bit here. Actually, I have it right here because I hold this stone in high regards. This here is a Super 7 stone. I don't know if you can see this here. Let me try and make it focus. Yeah, it's decent. Decent. There you go. Yeah, that's a lot better. Oop, I'm stuck. It's a Super 7 stone. It has seven different um, variety of crystal in it, and it's only formed in one part of the world. And um, it, it helps you hone and enhance your psychic ability. And I started wearing it in 2013, and I stopped wearing it in 2015. And um, because it started to progress too fast, so I took it off. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it helps. The way I view crystals is uh, it, it helps you focus your intent and the resonance through that crystal you know, is like a baseline for amplifying it in yourself. And when you wear that resonance yep. on your skin, it in your being, it's, you know, that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> but um, energy transfer in a sense. Yeah. And it uh, it's just one of those things where it that's that's how far it got. And then um, I stopped wearing it and um I can also now do like this, uh, before, before I started really focusing and honing my skill, uh, I couldn't read other people, but now it seems like even from afar, from all the way across the world, 
if I'm talking to them, even just via text or through yep. a messenger, I can yep. feel them and I know what yep. they're thinking almost. Like, I can't read their mind, but I can feel, like, what's coming. Like, I can read what they are feeling and the sort of... The kind... surface of it. Yeah, I can feel the surface of it and I can kind of see where it's going next because of intuition. You know what I mean? So I can help guide whatever we're talking about in that manner. Like, I can prepare myself for what's about to come because I know what's about to come because of just what I feel and it's helped so much with uh well psychology you know mm -hmm. that's that's why I went into psychology was to help people and having intuition in the beginning was great but then having this empathic psychic ability on top of it it's it's amazing it's like psychologists should be psychic <laughs> because it helps it so would, much. It would it <laughs> would change the game, and in a lot of cases, uh, that whole aspect of it, um, mm -hmm. being able to just be in the other person's shoes, even if it's at a surface level, gains greater understanding of what they're going through. Exactly. Got to yep. charge my headphones here. As for the whole, you know, future picturing thing, for me, it's like a, um, it's kind of like a whole movie going at Mach 90 and it just flashes through my head. So I don't like see anything specific, yeah. but if you ask a specific question, well, then that it's like a needle in a haystack. You ask a specific question, that's your, your, your anchor point, And then you have to look for that specific thing. And it's same concept though, is you just know and it's 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 weird it's it's weird for me um and you don't get to see everything either you can you can delve most of the information and i i don't know if you've ever dealt with it where you you start talking to somebody about a future event or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like a cat's got your tongue all of a sudden you just you can't speak about it yeah like you're just stopped dead in your tracks yeah. and i've noticed when you push past that and you give somebody something that you have that type of reaction with there's always consequences involved after the fact and they're usually not good for yourself right it's almost like something is punishing you for trying to see through the, the veil i look at it uh, from a universal standpoint universe being the, the majority of of everything and and there is a balance to everything and hmm. You tell one person too much about their future, that whole future might just derail because they well, yeah. they know everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, the future when it's, it's it, in any movie that is out there anywhere on the planet, when you, you go to a fortune teller and they tell you a future, and if they say anything past that, they say what they say that this is just one possibility of many possibilities the, the future is very quasi fluid it is and that's where very it comes down to like when you start thinking about quantum mechanics here we go again with the quantum mechanics but it's the same thing it's having quantum realms where this decision sends you this way this decision yep. sends you that way this decision sends you that way and it depends on your decisions how it comes and there are infinite possibilities of the outcome because that's how free will works i remember conversations with people that i have known for years i remember conversations that we've never even had like 
seeing across those those different realm divides and it's 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 weird when it happens because i'll have somebody talking to me and i'll be like yeah we talked about this like like six months ago this is what you said this is what i said this is what you said Mm -hmm. and they're like uh no but that's right (laughs) what see i have that happen too i have that happen too isn't it weird it's like you know exactly what was said with that person even the question they asked or whatever was said it's like but you never had that never had that conversation yeah you never had that conversation it's almost like while we're unconscious sleeping our unconscious mind is like out there somewhere just floating around or something getting all these little bits of information from different cosmic realms and we're just like learning while we sleep in different realms it's really freaking weird like no totally and then i've already had it this is this is really weird this is a weird experience if i may say i i woke up once because i heard my great grandma's voice in my ear Mm -hmm. and it was plain as day like she was right there next to me by my bed saying in my ear kedril wake up and i woke up and there was nothing she wasn't there and i called her everything was fine everything was fine and um not not even a day later i was sleeping but on the couch and she came over and she just leaned over and was like kedril wake up but it was that exact same tone the same frequency yep. the same length the same everything and i was like what the hell's going on you know and then she told me something about it you know, or whatever she told she told me what she wanted she came over and whatnot to see my son and they were, we, we went out to dinner or not dinner uh lunch we went out to lunch and um the next day i fell asleep and i heard the same thing only it was quieter and i woke up and i called her and i'm like so this is what's going on <laughs> You know, I'm like, hey, you're not going to believe this because I don't even believe what's going on. It's just really strange. And she told me that uh, she had come over the day prior to wake me up, but I was like out of it. I mean, this is when my son was like an infant yet. So I was doing the whole mom nap when I could and I was really out of it. And she whispered in my ear, Kedril, wake up. And I didn't wake up. But it's almost like a, a quantum echo at this point where I was yep. hearing it multiple times throughout the week and it was so freaking weird. It's almost but, like but but it but it when you look at the, the, the length that it happened, it was like within like you said, like within a week. So yeah. it, it makes sense to be a, a, an echo. Yeah. All the all these different versions of it. Yeah. Or I'll I'll even dream about something that happens and I'll wake up and I'll be like Oh shit! Like it—it it was like a terrible dream. Like somebody got hurt or in, in an accident or something, and everybody's fine. But then a week later, I wake up and it's—I get a call saying that hey, the, your friend Joe was in an accident. He ran into the back of a dump truck in the middle of the night. Blah blah blah. He's in the hospital, and it's the exact same thing that I just dreamt about. It's almost like precognition, but I have no control over the precog part. See, that's that that's just happens when it wants to happen. That's. See, that's one of them hard things, though, to, to really gauge if something, like, when you have these types of abilities. Uh, like, when you're talking precog, when you're talking, like, the different realm, quantum aspect. If of it's it, real or your imagination. Very, 
well, it's real hard to distinguish. Like if you understand your ability and you know, this is, this is had to have happened or you, you know, you have that, that feeling that you just know this has happened. You just don't know how it relates. But the point I'm getting across in this is it's hard to tell the difference. What is going to be a future event when it comes to precognition or something that's happening in a different realm, because yeah, you could yeah. have a, a event and you're like, this is, this is going to happen. And then, six months later it doesn't happen and then all of a sudden something happens that is so similar to it but it's just tweaked yep like somebody made a different decision and the weirdest thing about it is you're like oh my god i can see how this decision would have affected it this way and how this decision did affect it and you start to see the connections based on that but it's real hard to gauge the differences yeah that and um stepping back a little bit away from the quantum realm that might still have something to do with it but um, people who like when I was first developing these skills right I mean it was still like wow I don't know if I if this is real or not you know or if they're the voices in my own head that are mine kind of thing Yep. you know what I'm saying like I would think of these things that might happen or I would have a conversation in my head with somebody that obviously is just in my head but is it real? Is it is it going to happen? Is it did is did it happen? Whatever, or is it just me talking to somebody in my mind because I'm talking to myself in my head? You know, it uh, after that. it's still it's still one of those things where I still it still gets me sometimes because I'll have a conversation in my head, but I'll wonder if it's still just me talking to myself because it's not in any other vo- voice. It's my voice. When I'm talking to somebody, it's always in my voice, but sometimes I'll talk to myself, I'll have a conversation, it'll be like me talking to myself, and then I'll have the exact same conversation a day or two later. Like, It's it's very hard when you're starting to... When people start to get into this, you know, they get their spiritual awakening, some people like to call it. And they end up with these these gifts, these abilities. Mm-hmm. And I find everyone that I talk to that is starting off and, and getting into this and, and dealing with this whole precognition and, and um, intuition and all of that, their biggest issue is always, always, how do I learn what's what's real, what's not real, what I can trust? And, and the best advice that I've always been able to give is when you can – you know, you have to verify these events somehow, you know, whether it's you need to talk to somebody. Yeah, you might get a few looks and people might be like, oh, my God, you're crazy. But you start to learn what feeling you can trust, because I guarantee you with every event, there, there's a certain type of feeling when you get into it. A certain just gut instinct almost. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to either learn to trust it or. You don't, and then these gifts, these abilities slowly dwindle and they go away. Yep, yep, and that's one thing that happened to me is um, I didn't trust them, and pretty soon they just stopped, and um, Mm -hmm. I really wish that I hadn't done that because now I'm back up to using them and, like, utilizing them because now I know what they are. I know how to utilize them to their fullest, but it took me years to get back to that point and had i actually started understanding and under like you know going with it when i when they first started happening i mean that was back when i was 16 so had i actually grasped onto that i can't even imagine where i would be now because i didn't start 
um, trying to bring them back until I was about 24 or something like that. So, yeah, there's there's a couple year gap there where I could have been honing it, and uh, I didn't. So who knows? Maybe I should wear this uh, luck Super <laughs> Seven Stone again, hey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, it, it was uh, I never turned my back on on any of the ability that I've ever had. I mean, I've I've stepped away at at points in my life because I mean personally we all go through things and sometimes just personal situations can become overwhelming and then if you throw yeah. all this extra stuff on top of it it just is that much more over the top and and it's not a bad thing if you have to take a break it's not a bad thing if you, you have to step away but don't turn your back on on what you have for gifts yeah yeah never man if i could tell myself my, my teenage self, what I know now, I would say don't ignore the things that you question. Embrace the things that you question because they are real. You just have to differentiate between the feelings, you know, like keep on with it because you'll learn about it. You'll you'll learn to trust it and you learn how to utilize it. But here we are unable to do that. <laughs> Takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's very very time intensive time. I mean, it, it's it's a lifetime. Like meditation oh, yeah, in, yeah. in general, it's it's a lifetime um, study. It's a lifetime learning process. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty far along in in some of the techniques. You know, like uh, learning how to control my body, learning how to control my heart rate, my breathing techniques, uh, anxiety. I can control to some extent like this, and I, yeah. It, it has taken me 10 years. I mean, I have a seizure disorder even, and uh, meditation has helped me even with that to the point where if I'm in a shitty situation and I can feel a seizure or possible seizure coming on, it's to the point where I can throw myself in, into a meditational loop to where I can get out of the situation that I'm currently in to make sure nobody's going to get hurt or I'm not going to get hurt. Yes. It's, 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 it's happened a few times. Like I was at a bar and I had this person in my face and just was stressing me out, trying to call me out on the fact that I had a seizure disorder because she was friends of a friend. And, and, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a big cluster. Everyone was drunk. I was sober. Everyone else was drunk. And it got to the point where I, I was like, I'm leaving. I, I I'm walked right out of the bar and I walked a mile and a half home. And when I got home, soon as I walked in the door and locked it, I had a full-blown seizure. The couch was flipped over. The table was flipped over. I was in a closet when, when somebody <laughs> finally came home to see what was Jesus. going on. I was in a closet, <laughs> just passed, passed out at that point. Wow. And, um, but the mind is a powerful tool. It really is, and, and, yeah. And it's learn. Learn everything you can about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, example um mind over matter technique here is um well as you know i have a lot of strokes and when i feel one coming on i can calm myself down but see i have okay so when people think of strokes they think of it's just a coronary like blood clot right to your brain and that's it you're screwed but in my situation it's a little bit different for everybody listening and watching I have a uh, genetic mutation that causes my blood to clot at 8,000%, the average humans. The average human clotting ratio is zero. Women who are on birth control is one to two. Women who are on birth control that smoke is two to three percent. 
There is a heterozygous, which is a one genetic mutation of the factor five. They are only five to seven percent. I am a homozygous factor five Leiden's mutation, which means both of my genes of factor five are mutated. I clot at 8,000 percent. I'm always on blood thinners. And uh, <clears throat> when uh, I was in an ICU for a week because of multiple strokes in 40 hours, uh, they found a hole in my heart. So what happens is I have the blood trickles through the top two atrials into the left atrial and they pool on the bottom and they clot. And when my blood pressure rises, it spikes it and shoots blood clots to my brain. So I have a lot of TIAs, which are trans attacks, mini strokes, because of all the blood clot or blood thinners that I'm on, it dissolves it rather fast. So with me, when I start to experience the onset effects of a stroke, it's the, the black veil that comes over and I feel like my body getting pulled down, weighted down. My speech gets slurred. I can't think straight. I can pull myself out of it by calming my heart rate down, calming down, all with mindful technique matter, like uh, techniques. And I just calm myself down. I bring my blood pressure back down so more clots don't get sent. And I let my blood thinners that are already in my system dissolve the clot in my brain. And because of that, I have nearly died over 30 times easy. I'm probably up to 45 plus times now, but I stopped counting a long time ago. Because it's just, you know, why bother at 30 times, you know. <laughs> and um, it started um now now i start started getting seizures with my strokes but that's only if i can't calm myself down so i calm myself down with mindful techniques and then bam i'm fine no lasting damage which is the power of the mind if i had ever heard a story of a power mind over matter you know what i mean like mind over matter is such an important thing for people to understand and mind over matter does play a part with magic but mind over matter is your own mind overpowering itself to believe that you'll be okay that you can control the situation the mind is such a powerful thing and people take it for granted all the time you know, like, it's not even magic at this point. It's just literally your anatomy it's, being amazing. <laughs> it's, it's how mothers have lift cars. It's yes, how, exactly. Uh, soldiers have lived through the... The, the shit. experiences. <laughs> it's how, mm -hmm. um, you know, the guy who had to chop his leg off in the middle of nowhere because he got stuck for 127 hours. Yep. You know, that, that, that mind... It, it's it all relates to mind spirit and body mm -hmm. yes exactly my cam is really irritating me i wish it wouldn't just randomly flare up and then dip back down to darkness anybody that is like annoyed by it i'm sorry i'm not doing it it just does it itself i don't i don't know why it's just doing it i apologize <laughs> windows windows uh discord takes over application of your your, your camera and says i'm gonna do what i want to do instead of Sticking with your video card. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're running it through, if anybody is curious. We're running through Discord. We have a Discord server. Uh, it is for your viewing, so you can type it in. Uh, it is https uh, colon 
forward slash forward slash discord 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 dot gg forward for geez i can't talk forward slash for your viewing if you type slash like like i'm slurring it's not gonna pop up but you know <laughs> Dis discord discord at giggy <laughs> But yeah, our Discord is open for anybody. We are running on three different platforms. Um, we're doing YouTube. We're doing a podcast platform, which is transferred all over to a number of services like Audacity. Or not Audacity. That's the editing program. Odyssey. <laughs> Spotify. Amazon Music. Um a bunch of places just search us i don't yep. know i don't know what to tell you yep 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 there you go just search just it. search us google google is your friend yeah google is your friend in this case and also um what was i gonna say oh and we also do blogs too what is our blog here let me open it up again on here bloop um blog fyv there we go fyv blog dot blogspot.com if you get a chance to edit it would be awesome you could just throw a slide in there with everything for you know 10 seconds 20 seconds <laughs> yeah i should here let me do that actually i that can um would, that wouldn't hurt that supposed to be a good uh, yasa yasa well i can't do the blog or the um the podcast because it still didn't post to spotify for some dumb reason i'm assuming that it's because of the spam issue that we had so let me type 20 in 20 words equals flags <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much i i think it's honestly because um i tried putting in our um uh, uh description no not our description our our um blah 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 what do you want to call it Oh, this is way too big. Delete that. Yes, remove blog. Um, I tried to put in all of our URLs to all of our sites, which is a lot because we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on blog, the blog, we have the, the podcast, and I tried to put, like oh, and the Discord, I tried to just put all the links in there, and I could see why that would be tagged as a spam, you know. Also, for your viewing, more oh. content pending. Yes, more content pending. Always, always, always. All right, with uh, I don't know. Uh, let's just do 1080 by like 720 here. Maybe that'll be good enough. I don't know. Boom. Oops, I didn't put in the um. <laughs> I didn't put in the URL. That would kind of be helpful here. There we go. All right, here is our blog. Okay, I gotta click on here. I know how to do this. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Don't you have like Interact. a computer science degree almost? Well, yeah, C++, you know, CompTIA, all that stuff. But, you know, it's, um, OBS is its own game of crap here. Like, I can't scroll. It w I'm interacting with the page, but it won't let me scroll for some dumb reason. So anyway, yeah, at least can see it here. Oh, and if you look up top here, discord.gg forward slash for your viewing, there's our Discord name. Um, there you go. Our blog website is... And... Oh my god, there's too much stuff. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. Okay. Our blog is... Oh, here, I can look at it on here. Pfft. 
I need that. Wait, why is it doing that? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Boom. Would this work, maybe? Nope. Ugh. Ugh. Technical errors we will have to straighten out next time. Anyway, well, you, they can kind of see it anyway. <laughs> Here, I'll just zoom way the hell out so it uh, shrinks. There we go. Oh, it disappeared now. I don't know where it went. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Anyway, our blog is fyvblog.blogspot.com. Our YouTube is, well, it doesn't have a link yet because people won't subscribe to it. We need to reach 100 subscribers to get a unique URL. So currently, it's a string of numbers, letters, and just blah, 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 blah code. You know what? So Bolts, what you, you is need... if you like it, subscribe it. Yeah, Bolt, you know what you need to do? You need to go oh, ahead man. and you need to make like 10 profiles on Google that are just throwaway accounts and uh, start subscribing with all of them. Because I already did it. I already have 15 profiles that I subscribed with on with my I Gmails. Got one, I, got, I got one alternate profile. That's, well, a lot of, that's a lot of information with memory issues to keep track. That's okay. Just make throwaway. Just make throwaway Gmails. That's all. Uh, you just gotta make I throwaway Gmail. You don't have to remember the password at all because you just make it subscribe. Forget about it. Next, make a new one. Subscribe. Forget about it. That's how that works. Are we talking about cheating the system? On a yes. Feed? Yes. That's that's how we do it. Everybody out there right now in podcast land or on the youtube land that is watching or listening because i'm doing both i'm streaming to youtube and converting this into a podcast go and search for for your viewing look for our i don't know what you want to call it i guess logo that isn't really a logo it's not really a logo it's just our name sort of you know in a, in a background pending. yeah logo pending and um, subscribe because we need to really reach 100 subscribers so we can have our own unique URLs so I can finally make them awesome RFID chip cards that you just book, you know, you just book up to people's phones and they have all the information right there that they could possibly need. And then I'm going to give all the content creators those cards and we could just walk past people and go boop, 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 boop. <laughs> uh, and the more you guys buzz about it the more we get our content creators involved to put things out there indeed yes we we need help we just launched and it's uh still early in the release so we need we need to get we need you guys to help light the fire under their asses so we can create more content for you guys because what is coming is astrophotography but not just the photos he has this beautiful setup of a computer that uh, he can okay so he's got a telescope and he's got a motor mounted on the telescope that keeps it completely geosynced so the stars don't drift it just it stays locked with the stars and he video feeds it to his laptop to do live streaming and he's got this amazing, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess, like an IR scoped lens that is specifically built to capture infrared of the sun. And he catches mass coronal ejections erupting from the sun. It is so cool. So that's going to be coming soon. We've got a blacksmith over in Sweden. 
and he makes things per request and shows you how to do it, which is so cool. So if you are a new beginning blacksmith yourself and you're like, hey, can you show me how to make a, a torque or make a tool? He'll make you a tutorial video on how to do that. And we had more, but they kind of derped off into outer space and no longer exist. So yeah, we have those two anyway. It was much more fun to tell everybody about the stuff we had when people actually, you know, were involved <laughs> before they derped we'll off. Be here. We'll be here hopefully every week with a new episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. Freebolt, Freebolt and I will be here and we will release an episode once a week at least. That is our goal. Once a week at least. We record Monday nights and shortly after I upload it. And then basically it just depends on how fast it gets, uh, what do you want to call it, sent out to all of the different plat. Yeah, distributed. I, I do start it with a D. I was going to say deliberated, but that is not the right word. Distributed well, to all the different platforms. Spotify is <laughs> deliberating. Yeah, Spotify is... <laughs> We're still waiting for our last episode to be posted from five days ago or six days ago, and it still hasn't posted on Spotify, so... Monday to Monday, 7. What the hell, Spotify? <laughs> anyway. Call me. Yeah, call me. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I suppose that wraps it up. We are currently at, oh, well, we're almost at one and a half hours, so that's not oh, too bad. this one was a long one. This yeah. This one was a long one. It was. Well, we had a lot to talk about, so... All right. Um, thank you for tuning in to for your viewing the listening edition with Freebolt and Special Agent Kedrill, and we hope to see you back next time. Bye. Ciao. <laughs>